students, the nation of Israel, and the nation of uh, Ukraine. Place upon the earth tonight, uh, brother Jeremy, and three prayer for us, brother. Sing 153. 153. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live. Turn to gray. I don't worry. Oh. 
future. For I know what Jesus said, and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I Stand 
Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer. Jesus loves me, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little loves me, here young, day hour, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Amen. Thank the Lord for our evening already. I will say this. Brother Tim was in touch with me this evening. He sends his thanks to this church, him and Sister Sandy, for all uh, those little... You know, you may not think it was much, but it it was a lot uh, when you think about it. We thank God for you. The little things that you sent toward him, some were books, some were little blanket or so, something like that, and, and that really touched him. I mean, it really did, just to see that there's a people that, that loved him that much, and his wife, and he was just very thankful. And he, he says he can't wait till and that he's able to be with us at our revival meeting. He's praying about being here with us then, so we pray that he'll be able to continue to pray the Lord touch him and bring him about the healing that his body stands in need of. Tonight, uh, I left my, my notes in the, in the pew uh, for a reason. Uh, there's something that the Lord has laid on my heart while we were in a prayer room, and it's something that I feel it would complement our teaching on church covenant tonight. You know, as you as you look at the the very last bar of uh, the church covenant in paragraph number three, it says that we're to be zealous in our effort to advance the kingdom. Of our Savior. Just exactly what does that mean? To advance the kingdom of the Savior. Folks, I want you to know that when we are advancing the kingdom of the Savior, we as an individual group 
are doing everything in our power to enhance the the drawing of a church such as this. The kindness that's exhibited through a church. The love that is that wafts out over the waves, so to speak. The Bible states in Matthew in chapter 16 that, you know, there's nothing that's going to put a stop to the Lord's church, the Lord's true church. And as we look at this church covenant study, we think about what we're going to be dealing with here in the next two lessons. It has to do with our exuberant excitability of what we are and whose we are. I mean, do you love being a Christian? Does it bear witness to the lost world around you enough that they say, I want what they've got? That's what it means to be zealous in the efforts of advancing the kingdom of our Savior. The Bible states, I believe one of the greatest examples of a church that's doing exactly that. It is a church that has pure love one for another. You see, that's what the world outside does not have. They don't have real love for their fellow man. And one of the greatest ways for us to advance the kingdom of the Savior, and the kingdom is the saved upon the earth at any one given time. That's, that's what we're dealing with. A drawing power of a church to enhance the love that God says we're to have. Turn with me, if you will, to Second John, and, and we'll go over here for just a moment and, you know, kind of get through this, because since I have not taken time to write down in note form what I want to preach, I may be coming to you, and it may sound like it's a little bit jarred up maybe, I don't know, but I know there's certain things that will advance the way people look at us, will advance that drawing power. And one of those things is found right here in First in, uh, John chapter 2, where the Bible states in verse 7 down through verse 11, now get a hold of this because I believe this is one of the best ways for a church to... Uh, promote Christianity and to promote the love of Christ that it draws people in listen folks I want you to I want you to stop right now and think about this there are churches tonight that are meeting and yet there's so much squabbling going on nobody wants to be there I, I thank God for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. 
You know, you look around, you say, well, there isn't very many here tonight. But, but you know, you got to think about it. There's people traveling. There's, there's people that are sick. And there's people that are with loved ones who are not going to be with us very long. So we have to understand that. And, and you have to have the ability to love and, and you know, to, to think about those things. But there are people that are meeting this very moment where there's church fights going on. And as a matter of fact, in, within the community of one church in particular, there are people that are now saying, I don't want anything to do with that kind of organization. You see, that's what, it, that's what I'm talking about tonight. There's a difference when there's real love of the brotherhood. You know, in our, in our Sunday evening prayers, one of the things that are mentioned almost every Sunday evening is praying for the brotherhood. Praying for this body of baptized believers that we will be protected from Satan's attacks and yet, if Satan is allowed to attack by the grace of God, he gives us everything we need to stand forth and to be that overcomer. And I believe this is one of the greatest ways that God's people can be overcomers is to be the very opposite of what the world is today. We are to be lovers of one another. We are to bear that light to where people look at us and say, that's what I want to be a part of. And I'm not saying we're the ones that draw people in necessarily, but... We, we are those very ones that people look at and you become a vision of what they want. It is God that adds to the body and that's one of the greatest things that I as a pastor have got a hold of. Because when God adds to the body, that's what's going to be best for the church. When God adds, you know, I, I, you know, I talk to men all the time that uh, they seem to have this overwhelming desire to get people to come to their church at all cost. You know what I want in this church? I want what God places here. I want what God has drawn into this body by the efforts of the Holy Spirit and His work. Again, the Bible says in verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past. Because you're saved by the grace of God now. And the true light now shineth. And as speaking about that light that shines in our hearts, the light of Jesus. He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth. Because the, that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, 
Dear God, as we humbly come before your throne this hour, we do so with thankful hearts and thankful, dear God, that you have placed upon our minds tonight something that I believe is special to this church. It is the love of the brotherhood. It is that special notice that people give to this body because of the way we treat each other. Lord, I know we're not all perfect and we're not even close. We're not all in a place, not at all in a place where we have arrived. And yet, Lord, your grace has been sufficient for this body. There have been times, Lord, and you know that very well that there have been things that have risen up amongst the ranks of thy people in this house, but yet... You have given us that special bond and that special ability to love and forgive one another. This is something that the world outside does not have and they don't even understand. But I'm thankful that you've given your grace to this body. And Lord, I pray tonight that you help us as we strive for the advancement of thy kingdom. Lord, let us do it with an enthusiastic mind. When people look at us, dear God, I pray that you will cause them to focus upon the difference. Lord, just bless us tonight. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name and amen. You know, tonight as we deal with this subject of of advancing the kingdom of the Savior... The first thing that I've mentioned tonight is the love of the brotherhood. But actually we've got to go all the way back to where there was a change in our hearts. The Bible states in Romans in chapter 5, I believe it is, if you'll turn there with me, something that I, this is what I'm offering to the lost world around us even this evening. You want to change in your heart you want a change of a venue, so to speak. Uh, uh, you know, the world outside is a dark place. It is a, it is a contrary place. It is a place where boisterous waves roar. And the Bible says of, of the, of the humanity that's outside the, the, the sanctity of the house of God. It is like waves foaming up and stirring themselves up against the seashore. But in the house of God, in the place where God resides, in the place where God says, I'll be with you. In the place where, where we're promised that, 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 that the church, the, the building project of God Himself through His Son Jesus Christ shall never die out. In other words, the gates of hell shall not prevail against her as it says in Matthew chapter 16. How does all this transpire? It comes about in real salvation. And this is the one thing that I believe that the church of the living God has to offer the lost and dark and dying world outside. You know, everybody today's 
And I'll be honest with you, I hear it, I hear it all the time and sad to say, I hear it amongst the ranks of the Baptists more than anybody else anymore. Of course, I know that's who I am affiliated with most of all, but it's about getting numbers in. It's about, it's about satisfying the flesh. You know, uh, I know we're old-fashioned here, and I love that. I think it's one of the greatest things to be a part of is an old-fashioned church <clears throat> with old-fashioned preaching. It's preaching where you preach what the Lord's laid on your heart and let the chips fall where they may. That's, that's something that uh, Brother George Galloway and Brother Dowdy used to say all the time. Those were men of old who Especially Brother Dowdy, you think about Brother Dowdy, and I know most of you don't know him, but I know Brother Jim knows him very well, or knew of him. Brother Dowdy was a was an old man when I was a little boy, and Brother Dowdy was a member of the Siloam Baptist Church. As a matter of fact, he pastored that church. And Brother Dowdy was a man, he was an old man with a, a he drove an old black Chevrolet pick uh, car and and he had big monster hands. Brother Jim can attest to that. He had huge hands. And he'd always go around and talking to people about how big his God is. He holds you in the cup of his hands, he'd say. And those big old, those big old, old hands, those wrinkled hands would come forth. And he would talk about, and he didn't care who he, who he was with or where he was at. Son, I tell you what, if you wanted to know something about Jesus, he was going to talk to you first about your soul. That's just the way he was. And I, as a five, six-year-old boy, I still remember him very vividly. As a matter of fact, I remember the morning that he pulled out in front of a semi-truck at their Siloam Church and uh, out there where you go into the bottoms, into the lanes there. And that truck drove him all the way down to the, to the porch of the of the old Siloam Baptist Church there. Now all he got out of it was a broken leg, but, but God was with him for sure. And that was when he was 80 some years old when he done that, when he had that accident. And those that were around him there, Brother Harden and Brother Galloway and some of the other men talked about him talking to those people that were trying to help him, giving them the gospel. People need to know that there's hope out there. Our churches need to know that they have something to offer. Not things that please the flesh, but things that satisfies the soul. And that is the love of God that passeth all understanding. You know, when you go to Romans in chapter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Folks, that's what the world outside needs to know. That's what the world outside needs to hear. And if we're ever going to advance the kingdom of the Savior, it's not by telling them we've got all kinds of trinkets and ideas and you can come and have coffee and cake with us on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday night, whatever the case may be. You can come and just come as you are and we'll have a good time. You know, folks, I'll tell you what, that's not what the world needs to hear tonight. But in order to advance the kingdom of the Savior, you have to preach the gospel first of all. 
They have to know that Jesus Christ is real. And they have to know the lost and dying world has to know that there's hope in the Savior. That's what the church offers here. And that's the, the expression that people need to see when they drive by the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church or they come across one of the members of the body. They need to know that there's something there that they want. They need to have that feel and that drawing power that, that, that people have. And people have talked about that, about our, about our little body here. And listen, I know we're not perfect and I'm not trying to act like we are and I'm not trying to paint us as a picture and a portrait of, of perfection because we're not. One thing we have here is hope. Amen. We have hope. We have something to offer the lost and dying world out there. And it comes in the form of the gospel, first of all. The gospel this morning. I preached one of those messages. It's hard for me to preach. You know, and I preached on the great white throne judgment seat of God here a week or two ago. And it's hard to preach. Because I know the, the actual pain that it should cause people. I know as I'm standing in my study and I'm preparing these messages and I'm going into the Greek and the Hebrew and I'm trying to bring out as clear as I possibly can the way that God intended it to be brought out. I'm thinking, my goodness, what an awful place to be. And that's what I was, that's what I was portraying this morning. People need to know that. If you're going to advance the kingdom of the Savior, people have to know that there's consequences of dying without the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But there's also hope in dying with Him. The hope of eternal life. It's not just a whimsical hope that we have in our minds. It is a living, lively hope as the Bible puts it. It's something that's there and it cannot and will not go away. That's what the lost world out here need to know. In order to advance the kingdom of the Savior, in other words, in order to see souls saved by the grace of God, you have to first of all and only preach the gospel. You have to preach the gospel. I've heard, I've heard men uh, try to explain away their... Their absence of sincerity behind the pulpit by saying, I need to make people comfortable. You can make people comfortable if you want, but you're going to let them lead into a life of, of degrade and debauchery if they die in their comfort. People need to know they're on their way to a devil's hell. There's too many preachers today that are standing behind the pulpit who are trying to play patsy with the world and they are doing our dead level best to get all they can just to build up their numbers. And the only way to do that is to satisfy the flesh. Because if God doesn't add them, what do you have? You've got trouble. Tonight, you know, as we, as we dealt with that subject this morning about being cast into the lake of fire, you know, and I look at, I look at people and I wonder, did you really get it? 
You that may be here tonight and lost and undone, do you really understand that what I said this morning is not fiction? It's not a figment of man's imagination. It is not a way, as I said this morning, for the religious right world to keep people in line. You go to state college or some other place like that, and that's what they're, go- that's what they're going to tell you in philosophy and some of these other teachings that they bring out. That religion was brought about by early man to try to keep people in line. Folks, I want you to know something. There's only one thing that's going to keep people in line. That is the power of God Almighty. And He does it through offering His Son on the cross of Calvary that souls may be saved. You may be here tonight and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. Listen, I want you to know something. That I have absolutely no fear in dying because I know the Lord. I'm saved by the grace of God. And if I should die right now, and there's that distinct real possibility that that could happen. But it could also happen to you. It could happen to you. It could happen to any one of us at any moment. Death could come. Are you ready? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? Listen, if you don't know the Lord tonight, I offer you the Lord. I offer you what God says is going to bring about salvation to you. The only way I can offer is in a general call to come forth. That's, I mean, I know we're getting into a little area of doctrinal teaching of the, of the two different calls. There's a general call and then there's a effectual call. The general call is something I do every time I get behind this pulpit. I generally, I preach the gospel. That's what the world, that's the only way to advance the kingdom of God. You've got to preach the gospel and in hopes and prayer that God will send His effectual voice to draw you unto Him. How does He draw? He's tugging at your heart string. He's talking to you tonight through His Word. That's how He draws you. You know, it's that little, it's that, uh, that still small voice, not just in the back of your head, but it's in the soul of man that makes you guilty and, and in, you need to be in compliance with God's Word in order to relieve that guilt. That sounds, uh, it sounds kind of legalistic to me. Well, listen, I want you to know something. God says there is a law of death that's passed upon all mankind. And every last one of us are going to die one day, the physical death. But I ask you tonight, do you understand that you're already spiritually dead? If you don't know the Lord is your Savior, you're even now spiritually dead. And that is a place where you, where, listen, you can't do anything for yourself for salvation. You know, this is where you get into the, the act of free willism and you get into uh, uh, some of these other denominations that preach works for salvation. Listen, the Bible tells us that the, as it explains the way of salvation, that dead man cannot do anything until he is spiritually awakened by the Spirit of God and he's quickened and brought to life and he's enabled to have faith. He's given that gift of faith. 
Otherwise, he's just going to lay there as a dead man. Unable to move. It's just like any other corpse that you bring into the body, into the, into the house where you're having a funeral. I dare you to try to get one of them to stand up and speak to you. I dare you to try to ask one of them to wave at you. They're not going to do it. They're not able. They have no life in them. In order to advance the kingdom of the Savior, we have to be able to preach the gospel. It is the way of salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation, according to Romans 1.16. But does preaching the gospel alone save? No, it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to quicken that body to make us see our need. Listen, that's what I'm saying tonight. I preach the gospel every service that I can. And listen, it's never going to have an effect until the Holy Spirit quickens and makes that dead individual alive to where they see for the first time they have a need. You know what they're able to do then? They're able to trust in the Savior because God gives them a gift of faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the first thing that, you, that we're going to have to get a hold of in order to advance the kingdom of the Savior, we're going to have to be about the business of preaching the gospel. Not just preaching the gospel, but the Bible teaches us that it is a wise man who even prays for the lost sinner. You know, I, I, you get into this thing where you get into Calvinism and there those Calvinist preachers will tell you you don't even need to pray for lost sinners. Think about that. Brother, if it's your daughter, if it's your son, you're going to be praying for them? I'm not going to leave it just for chance and hope they make the right decision. I'm going to be praying God save their soul. How do we advance the kingdom of the Savior? You preach the gospel. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15 1 through 3 says it is the preaching of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. That, my friend, is the gospel. Have you trusted the Lord tonight? Have you ever made a profession of faith and trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you believed the Scriptures? I pray that you do that tonight. I pray that at this very hour you're considering your own salvation where you're going to be in eternity. I want you tonight to be saved. Oh, I tell you, I look at lost people that I, that I know and I think, oh, Lord, save their souls. You know what? I'd be a cold-hearted man, if, as I said this morning, if I didn't want you to be saved. I wouldn't be no count of a preacher either. But I want to see you saved. I want to see the kingdom of God advanced. How does that happen? By the salvation of lost souls. Do we have the power to save? No, we don't. But we do have the power to give the gospel. And it is the power of God unto salvation.
to everyone that believeth. Let's all stand, please. The next time that we bring a lesson, probably Lord willing, maybe next Sunday night, God being our helper, we will have the second lesson on advancing the kingdom of the Savior. It's our sole duty. When people outside look at us, they ought to have a desire to be with us. Those boys that were working over here this morning, they ought to have a desire to be with us when they see the joy that comes out of this house. I've been to every last one of them. I've walked right out into the tobacco fields giving them gospel tracts and telling them about Jesus. One day, who knows, the Lord may use that to quicken their bodies, their souls, or minds. Who knows, but one day down the road, they may be right in this house on Sunday morning. Advancing the kingdom of the Savior. That is our duty. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow in your presence, we do thank you for the privilege, Lord, that it was to gather in your house once again to worship in spirit and truth. Father, I pray that you will bless our services tonight. Help us, thy children, dear God, to realize our responsibility as blood-bought, born-again Christians. That we need to act excited about our life. We ought to be rejoicing enough that people outside say, I want part of that. Help us, dear God, to advance the kingdom of the Savior. And help us to ever be faithful to her. Lord, bless us, save souls, and save lives. Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader to come.